1: Hello, gentlemen. How goes it? Everybody good?
2: Well, we are. Are you good? Did you go somewhere exotic for a fun vacation?
1: Well, I got some time off. I don't know. It was supposed to be exotic. Let's say this didn't end up as exotic, but the time off, guys, is time
2: off. Vacation <laughs> right. Is vacation, right? Yeah, that's right. You're right. That's so you good. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. At least you weren't going Did I miss some,
1: anything basketball-wise when I was going? How, how much of the As the World Turn, the soap opera, did I miss? You didn't
2: miss anything. It was great. You probably went over. So that's good. You didn't follow it at all. Now, that's a vacation. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to put it down. Yeah, that's
1: right.
3: So did you have your phone on while you were there? Did you check your emails?
1: Man, I, Randy, I tried not to. <laughs> as I promised. to uh, it's it, but it's it's hard though you know it's it's amazing when you go away how much you think you could just oh put the phone down now it's pretty it's pretty hard to do yeah hard to do.
3: yeah i tried to leave you alone as best as i could i, I only sent you i think one or two text messages and um I, I couldn't tell if the last one you sent me you were running through the airport and uh your spell check kind of took over, but uh, I, I was I, I was able to finally figure it out by the time I got home. Or I say got home, but by the time I finally read the message, I, I think I finally figured it out. Well, uh, the yep. basketball transfer portal, which we never could figure out what time, it closes today. So we're going to say 1159 tonight mm, is, okay. is the last time that uh, someone can enter the, the transfer portal, and if it's the first time, then their next destination would be immediate eligibility. Now, grad transfers, they, they're not limited by this time frame. So if you're a grad transfer, you can, uh, you can take care of business anytime. But uh, anytime. May 31st, that's the other date. Now, Bart, I... Uh, we I, I feel for Coach Sam Pittman. He's got eighty-five that he's trying to account for. And I'm and I'm speaking of roster management. Eric Musselman yep. has thirteen. Now if you include Devo Davis, if you include um Jordan Walsh, then yep. Arkansas should be done. They should be at thirteen. Yep, they
1: should be done. They should be done. But then and there's I think a the young Divo- man.
3: But then there's a young man down in Texas by the name of Holland. Last name of Holland, who apparently yes. is waiting on Texas to release him from his initial letter of intent that he signed uh, back in uh, November. So that would make fourteen. And then you still got. Yeah. The transfer portal, and there's guys that we know that Arkansas is looking uh, at and has talked to already. So, with that question in mind, how do you how how do you see Eric Musselman at this point? Does he recruit and plan minus Devo minus Jordan Walsh? I would think you'd almost have to keep that in mind only because and keep those spots open until you feel certain that they're going to stay in the draft, do you not?
1: Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I think this, if you factor in Debo Davis not getting an invite to the combine, I think that essentially writes the fact that any speculation that he could come back could leave. That means he's a lot to come back unless he's going to go and, like you said, eleven fifty nine, and enter the portal to go somewhere else. He's coming back. By not getting a combine invite, that states where he is in the process. So I think he's obviously a lot to come back. Jordan Walsh now getting an invite to the combine, which we felt like, we, and we talked about this, that he would. And I feel like he will perform extremely well. So if you look at it, how all this stuff we say always works out, if Holland is waiting for Texas to release him, if Jordan Walsh, if that's in time for him to go and perform at the Combine, then wouldn't it be ironic if that stuff worked out at exactly the same time? So I think, in my opinion, Jordan Walsh getting an invite to the Combine, what he's going to do at the Combine, I think probably this is a, where we thought he's coming back. I think he probably gets enough from his Combine performance to be drafted in the second round, probably early so in the second round. And so he's uh, there's a high likelihood that now he is gone. Um, I think Holland will get his release. If he filled with that position, then it would work out perfectly. But as we know, Coach Musselman is never not recruiting. But I think it's getting narrowed down where I think there's going to be little, very little surprises at, to this point. I think if who leaves, who comes back, all that stuff. I think it's narrowed down pretty much. We're close to what the roster's is going to be. Just Jordan Walsh. That's right. the question.
3: All right. While you were gone, and you may know, you may know this. Mackay Mitchell uh, said he's coming back. I think we all suspected he was coming back. However, we're not sure how that fit into Coach Musselman's plans. Uh, but he is—he is coming back. He is one of the four. Who are returning. Oh, by the way, a little bit of an update. Uh, Darian Ford, uh, I got to believe he may end up in a Commodore, Vanderbilt Commodore uniform next year. Uh, I know know Arkansas State has been recruiting. There's others, but it sounded like the entire package made quite an impression on uh, Darian Ford when he visited Vanderbilt the other day. So,
1: that little I up. think that's a great spot for him. Dak House plays a pretty intense man-to-man defense. That seems to be a spot that I think that makes a lot of sense for D four. That's a good spot for him.
3: So if you're if we're swap, let me let me get to this real quick because I think it's a very relevant question uh, from our Asher Record Service Company. Live in feed feedback, John says, can Bart talk about what types of workouts they put the players through? at the combine what all the players go through during this process because i think if it's skills and it's just showing off skill sets maybe except for having that shot down pat uh and we talked a little bit about this yesterday but um bart i gotta believe his skill set is gonna blow the nba away
1: yeah, he's going he's gonna to wow. So you're going to have the traditional, what I'll call almost like in the NFL uh, combine, you're going to have the vertical leap, and you will have a shuttle run that's really going to test that lateral mobility. So you'll have a standing vertical, and then you'll have a running vertical with that shuttle test, and I think he is going to, I don't think, he's going to wow in all those. I think his lateral movement probably, guys, in my opinion, is going to blow NBA executives off their chair because he is strict to be that size. He puts his foot in the ground and gets left to right as good as anyone I've seen coming up, especially as a freshman. So that part he will watch. Where it gets to be sticky for him is they are going to do what we call the star drill in the NBA, which is a mid-range star drill and then a three-point star drill. So you'll have five spots, they'll start, they'll shoot, move, shoot, move, and essentially you have 20 shots on both of those. So mid-range and three points, okay? I don't think that there's a particular area where they're going to say, okay, we want this, we want that. I think he'll do fine in the mid-range. I think his three-point shooting will be ultimately a little bit suspect, but still, guys, it's something that allows him. I think he can perform pretty adequately at both of them, and that's going to be the shooting proportion of it for Steele, and I think he'll do pretty well except for the three point But there's factored in that he's not going to shoot it that great, or like a guard would anyway. Mm-hmm. So.
2: When they do that, is it just like playing horse or pig? There's nobody defending you, or at the <laughs> no, at the combine, no, no, no. do they have somebody defending just you? Don't, no, don't get matched up with
3: Steph no. Curry if you're playing pig or right. horse or donkey or whatever. Right, but I mean, are yeah.
2: you uncovered or are you covered when you're shooting your threes? No,
1: you're you're uncovered, Regan, So it's a no. It's a great question because you're going to do. So what's going to happen is they're going to do the mid range and three point, and they'll do catch and shoot, and then they'll do. The off the dribble portion, where they'll go off the dribble to test all that. So, but he will be uncontested unless they change. It will be uncontested, and yeah. and so you can rest to sure his benefit, what
2: don't you think? That's to his benefit, yes. don't you think?
1: That's to his benefit because he 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 has that little hitch to his shot that I think is it's when someone's guarding him. That's where he would kind of get exposed. But without someone guarding him, he'll do that. Then, what he'll do, guys, is transition into workout privately with teams. But they know what they're getting. They know he has deficiencies. Everybody has something to work on.
3: Why do you think Devo Davis did not get invited? He didn't even get a G League invite, much less the NBA Combine invite. Why do you think Devo didn't even get a single invitation?
1: So I'm going to throw a little bit of conspiracy theory out there, and I don't. I, and this is not a knock on Devo at all, because I think Devo has the talent. I think a little bit of it. I don't know how badly Devo really wanted to go to the next level right now. I think he wants to get there, but I think he enjoys college basketball. I also think with the demands that Coach Musselman puts on the team. I think sometimes people need to just decompress and get away and kind of work on things on their own and do what they want to do. I think it's more of a thing of his overall desire. Did he really want to get to the next to that next level? And so if if you really look at it, because he should guys, in my opinion, he should have been a lock for the G League combine. A lock. Mm-hmm. No question. His numbers warranted that. But how much did he really get out there, promote himself, do that type of stuff? So I think some of it is his overall his overall, or the agent's overall because he has access to do through the NCAA certified agent to really push him out there for that. I think he wants to come back to school. I think he just maybe needed a break to get away but wanted to work on some things that would get him ready for the next level just on his own type of deal.
2: How about, uh, this could be not only Devo, but anybody in this position that's testing it, and then they come back. What about academically? Do they try and keep courses online? Are they able to stay up in class uh, while they go off and maybe make some trips to perform in front of teams? How how does that work when you still have eligibility that you have to maintain? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So the classes, and this is where I think COVID – it's kind of changed the dynamic that we know of the student athlete where things almost forced to get online. And so we've kind of adapted this, even though there's no COVID. So there's so much flexibility for these guys to do stuff online, remotely, wherever they need to do. And so, yeah, absolutely. If he needs to maintain a class and, and do what he needs to do, then he can do that virtually from anywhere. And so, but Rick, I don't, the restrictions were, you you might know this better than I do right now, so you didn't have to have to be eligible for the next year. You didn't have to have the 24 hours. You didn't have to take 12 hours per semester. It was a little bit less than that. So I, I think when you factor in the two summer sessions, if you take a class, take a class, you can do that virtually and, and I think stay completely eligible and on track for your degree, if I'm not mistaken.
2: That, yeah 24 hours in a year i think is still mandatory but you're right you can get them in the summer so uh yeah and obviously for who know i don't know if devo has graduated yet if he has then uh it's not a factor so we'll see he's been here he's been there long enough that he could have graduated with summer courses easily so let me let me understand you bart to make sure it's clear in my mind
3: you're saying that devo kind of worked against himself to a degree by saying, I really love college. I'm just kind of stepping away. I'm going to put my name in the NBA draft. I know I can pull it out by May 31st, but I just want to kind of peek around. And then at the same time, maybe I want to work on some things that I feel like, I mean, is that the feedback he may have gotten? From the NBA saying, you need to work on your outside shot, you need to work on your right-hand dribble, or whatever it may have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because these guys are going to come in well-informed, so they get their their projected feedback from the NBA teams, and they'll know exactly what their list is. And I'm sure that Devo had conversations with several teams, and they would ask questions. So what people forget is being a student athlete. Once Coach Musselman makes – the team come up there to report. And he has traditionally made the incoming freshmen, such as Layden Blocker, and come in pretty early, guys. So So when I reported at UALR, I had to be there, guys, right before school started. So I did not have to go that early. When you're doing that, you have a lot of unofficial, not mandatory, quote, unquote, but you better be there type of, Mm -hmm. work workout that stuff is very team oriented you get better individually does not a lot for a lot of time for you to work on your individual game and so for them to work on his individual game it's really good to be away from the team so i think he wanted to test to see where he is roll the dice a little bit see if he catches lightning in a bottle work on what he wanted to work on what he saw himself needing to get and just to see if he gets in the combine. And if he didn't, that's okay because his probably plan was to come back to school anyway.
3: All right, Bart. All everything, it seems, in the reporting, I mean, the recruiting, I'll call it propaganda, but all the recruiting information put out by Coach Musselman. And that staff is the NBA experience that is on that staff. Saying that, do you know how much the current players—and i I'll, will I'll use Nick Smith Jr., uh, Anthony Black, uh, even Ricky Council the fourth—how much did they utilize Coach Musselman as a resource?
1: A lot. A lot, guys. So, if you if you look at the staff, first of all, and I've, and I've said this for anybody that, if I gave someone a terminology of what we would have to learn, so me being part of Drew Hanlon, so Drew just had who I train under had two players voted. He had the MVP, which is Joel Embiid. He had the fourth place player, which is Jason Tatum. We so had two players in the top five essentially for MVP voting. If I went through a vocabulary list of NBA terms it would look like a French class, one-on-one, hmm. or Spanish. It is a totally different language. Not anywhere close to the college game. A college coach cannot present like they have NBA lineage and knowledge if they don't have it. And Coach Musselman has it. And if you remember, guys, Clay Mosier was second command for a long time. right? Clay, Mo- Clay Mosier was analytics for Los Angeles Lake to you want to talk to a smart guy, talk to Clay for a little bit. He'll really, but that's the type of information and type of uh, staff he had. They can talk the language. They can prepare them for workouts. They can prepare them for, and you know he has NBA ties that he can reach out to, college, to NBA coaches and know exactly where players are, what projections and all that stuff. So he is pitching that. And I really think, guys, if you look at it, Nick Smith came down to two places, Alabama and Arkansas. Nate Oates is a great coach. Coach Musselman's a great coach. Coach Musselman's NBA pedigree won out to get Nick Smith on campus. It's that simple. So that is an an invaluable resource. I can't tell you how many people I've trained that have gone up to talk to Coach Musselman and they say, I love how he knows the NBA game and can get me to that level. It's huge.
2: Do you think in the long run that's going to benefit Nick Smith Jr., who, is, as we see the mock drafts, has obviously fallen because he didn't play that much this year, and when he did, he wasn't spectacular. Or do you th- do you think that'll help him, or do you think he is going to be a 12th or 13th or 14th round pick rather than what he was projecting earlier?
1: So I think he's going to fall in, and I think he's going to be a top I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on the line. He's going to be a top-ten pick, and I, I'm going to really? tell you why. Wow. Okay. You have this combine stretch right here, and that's going to give NBA teams their first look at these guys. And they're going to say, well, what have you been doing since then? Since so they're doing interviews, they're looking. Nick Smith, I think, is going to wow. Not like a Jordan Walsh wow, but he will wow the combine. From that, you will go to these individual workouts. Guys, they bring people in on three bases, one by yourself, three players or six, nothing more, nothing less, no difference. It's going to be in that combination. In that is where they're going to dive down his current skill level. Nick Smith is so skilled, guys. He is going to alleviate a lot of the concerns that they have about his year, this year, whatever people want to say it was, in those workouts because they are going to see Exactly how much that skill can transfer to their team, and he's going to be able to come off screens, off pin downs, like an Isaiah. Bart, did. Bart,
3: we got to hit he... a, we got to hit a break. Can you hang on for one more okay. second? Sure, yes, sir. hang on. That's... I want you to finish on Nick Smith when we come back. All right, Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy
0: Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue.
3: All right, Bart, you were talking about, that is, Nick Smith, Jr., and you're believing this is going to be a top-ten pick? Top-ten pick.
1: Because when they come in, they're going to look at him on several criteria. One is going to be how well he comes off of screens, or what we call pin down. So from the left and right side, and this is critically important for guards, how well they shoot it coming off the screen. And so these are going to be team situations where he will have dummy defense on some of it and be just solo for part of it. Then they're going to put him in an isolation package to see how well he breaks people down off the dribble. And he'll get some type of finishing where he'll be able to finish over through contact. And then they're going to put him through ball screen reads. And this is where, if you look, at Nick Smith, and you see what Coach Musselman was doing, which was a lot of high ball screens, when Isaiah Joe went for his workouts, he needed 20-plus ball screen reads. So when we would work, we would have 20-plus ball screen reads that he could do with the snap of his fingers with no thinking. So a good college player might have six. Like when Coach Anderson was here, he didn't have any ball screen. <laughs> so Daryl Macon, when we were training, he didn't have any existing knowledge So we had to give him a whole nother package as he went into training camp for the Mavericks. So Nick has a high level of skill and NBA is a skill game. And what they will be able to see is that Nick will be able to play two positions, the one or the two. And guys, most of the time, most players can play one. You're lucky if you can play one, if you can play two, that is a rare commodity to have. So Nick will be able to stand out because I think he can play the point guard spot and he can play the shooting guard spot because of his defensive ability and skill with the basketball in his hand.
3: So which do you see, Nick, a one or a two?
1: So I see Nick as a really true scoring guard that can play with the ball in isolation situations. But I really do see Nick as a two guys because he comes off of screens extremely well. That's one thing the Raptors, when I talked to them earlier in the season about Nick, they really loved his ability to come off screens at the McDonald's All-American game. So I think he falls into a natural two that will play the one 20 to 30% of the time during his career.
4: Hmm.
3: Let's talk with uh Daniel. Daniel, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Bart?
4: I do, I do. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Daniel. Good afternoon. hey Daniel. Hey, This this conversation about these, these 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 basketball players, these kids going through NBA draft. But I want to also ask you, uh, you know, you talk about the terminology and everything that Moss was able to, you know, help uh the players out how much do you think uh sports I that's Nick Smith's dreams represented. How much will that help him with, with all of their connections? I think, that's, I think that's going to be really really beneficial. And I, I think, I mean, I remember when, you know, Nick Smith was, you know, out for the proportion of the season people were talking about, they were sort of bad-mouthing. You know, I think that he was playing chess while other people were playing chess. Because I think that's a great, that's going to be a great asset to him to have those connections that Clutch Sports has with LeBron as well, you know, and, and if, yeah. if that might be beneficial for uh, somebody like, you know, yeah. with Nick Smith's connection with Clutch Sports,
0: Jordan Marsh
4: may be, you know, connecting with them. Yeah. And I think Moses Moody's
1: also connected with them. So I, I think yeah. that'd be beneficial as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. John, so, uh, Daniel, great question, great comment, great feedback. So for, for people that don't know, LeBron's agent is Nick's agent. And so this is, and, and with the attachment to Clutch Sports, I think. This is a huge deal for any player that kind of gets under that umbrella. And and for the fans out there, Nick played summer basketball for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal looked at Nick Smith Jr. like a son. And Bradley Beal has had a great NBA career and is extremely connected. So Nick comes in to this situation with a ton of connections, a ton of connections, but with Clutch Sports and LeBron, Nick and LeBron are new fast friends, and we're talking to Nick Smith, senior. We talked quite a bit. That is going to get him exactly where he needs to be in terms of team exposure. He's out working with Chris Johnson, he's working with uh, uh, a lot of really, really talented guys that are going to have him ready. And that is all that he has been doing since school has been out is getting ready for that process, but his connections certainly don't hurt. Exactly.
4: exactly. And like I said, you know, I remember when, you know, he was going through some things with his, his knee and everything where people were calling in and and, and disparaging his connection and he's getting bad advice. No, he was getting he was getting top notch advice is what he was getting. You know, whereas African fans were thinking they were thinking, you know, selfishly of what they wanted. Clutch was, and, 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 and those guys were actually looking out for his future. And that—that's—that's that's what I saw. And it, it, it really upset me. I didn't call him and talk about it when they were doing it, but yep. that's what I saw. they—they they were really looking out for the kid and his family and his future, as what You know what was best for him. And I'm just glad he's made those connections. He has that type of support system within within, you know, to to on. And I
1: all I, had. I appreciate it uh Randy Rick and Bart thanks a lot bye-bye thank you Daniel hey and Daniel let me let's say one more thing for for the Razorback fans because I, that I want them to understand Nick Smith made a commitment to come back to Arkansas the easy the path of least resistance for him would have been for him not to come back because let's say this putting no numbers is worse than potentially not being 100% healthy because he was going to have to knock off rust and putting up low numbers. So the easy path for him would have not been to come back and play. And I think that does not get noted, Randy, enough Mm -hmm. because the young man wanted to come back, and he did put a gamble because when you don't practice, guys, and you're a practice-driven player and you don't have those reps, you're not going to be the same player. Now, doesn't mean you can't have an impact on the team. doesn't mean you're not a value, but you are a different type player when you are coming off injury because you have not had the rest that you're accustomed to having. So I think it should be hats off to Nick for coming back and giving it a chance because a lot of guys in his position with that much to lose would have not come back, Randy.
3: Bart, what – I mean, <laughs> we're all making the assumption at this point that that knee is 100% if not, uh, you know, whatever whatever it could be. Do you know that the knee is totally sound now for Nick, or is that something he still, in some ways, is having to deal with?
1: He's healthy. From my understanding, Nick is healthy. Anthony Black is healthy. All the guys going into the NBA Combine are going in with 100% health at their maximum peak. So I would anticipate Nick, Anthony Black, and and guys, Anthony goes without saying because we didn't talk about Anthony Black. Anthony Black is another guy that when you look at him can play two positions. If there's nothing better than a point guard in the NBA that can play and be that tall, you can pass your way out of trouble. We've watched Ben Simmons, guys, for seven, eight years get in the lane, not know what to do with it, and he's so much taller he can pass out of trouble. Anthony Black's another guy that's played one or two multiple positions. And I think George Walsh probably is in between, can guard. But my understanding is all the Razorbacks, former Razorbacks, are healthy going into the soon-to-be combine. Good deal. All
3: right, let me let me answer this. I, I said I would hold this until later. Uh, I got this during uh, Trey Biddy's segment. I didn't want to inject it at that point. Uh, this from Bob by way of our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Randy and Rick, do either of you gamble on sports? With the double R specials on Bet Saracen, I would just assume Randy may get plenty of free play money. Uh, I do not gamble on sports. Nor do I. And uh, the double R specials I do for fun. Saracen does not compensate me in any form or fashion. In fact, uh, at our last remote that we had at Saracen, Neil Atkinson addressed that that uh, I do not get compensated in any way. Uh, I don't get free play money. I, I get nothing. I do it for fun and uh, I enjoy. Those are, those are fun specials I like to put together. I'll be working on some tonight um, uh, for the uh, South Carolina series. Uh, I have a lot of question marks in my mind on who's gonna be healthy and not. I think Peyton Stovall is out. I think Jared Wagner is out. Uh, I don't know how to. Um, I guess Josenberger is going to play. Will he start tomorrow night? I don't know. Do you know, Rick? About I
2: don't know, know, know if he's going to start, but I would suspect if he's ready to play, he'll start. That, that's what I would suspect. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, okay. And I'm going to make it clear. I just intercepted No, I, I do not bet on sports ever. I, I don't, don't have the money. Anything. I, I don't, don't bet on. I don't anything. have the money to
0: lose. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, I, that's that's the thing. If
3: I have done the the little mock drills before, where I'll think, okay, I, I've got this one figured out. Well, it's like the other night, Bart. Uh, Boston was favored by I forget how many points, eight points or so. Well, they were just coming off of a blowout to Philadelphia, yeah. and I'm thinking you're crazy. What they do? Yeah. Boston beat them by 20. I mean, I like I'd have lost that bet. Yeah. Because I would have gone against yep. Boston that night. I would go against Boston tonight. And Boston, I think uh, Stuart said earlier that Philly is favored. But uh, And when I get to the double-R specials, I try to make those as attractive as if I were going to play. But I purposely did not bet, Bob, on my double-R specials. I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to do anything for a personal gain or benefit. But bottom line, I don't have the money. so. That way, that way I can stay out of trouble. Now, I've got Jimmy from Roland, and he has a question for Bart. So I'm going to do this because we're right on top of the next break. So, Jimmy, I'm going to put you right back on hold. Can you hold through the break?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, hang on. And poor Bart, he gets back from vacation. You make him stay on a lot longer. Gee, <laughs> so much for that vacation. I'm right. huh? you're, all for, you're all refreshed, huh? Well,
0: yeah,
3: that's well, right. Bart, I I'm ready. I mean, I can a- try to answer Jimmy's question for you if you don't want to hang on. <laughs> Let's go.
1: I'm I ready.
3: Mean, I mean, Rick's trying to run you off. No, Bart's sounding pretty good. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Randy, you're working. He's, it down in the, he's been down in the sun of Acapulco, hanging out. now? <laughs> hang on, Bart. All right, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. We'll come back and wrap it up in just a little bit. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment.
0: That's value added tonight, Bart. Let's uh, talk
3: with Jimmy. Jimmy's been holding to ask you a question. Jimmy, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Bart?
1: Thank you. Good afternoon. Yes, I do. All right, so the past couple years, like, I I don't keep up with the NBA a whole lot. I like to keep up with the basketball players. But as far as, you know, like, the past couple years has been, a player say, "I'm going to this school, or I'm going to the G League," and then they, you know, like Anthony Black picked Arkansas or whatever. When when somebody goes to the G League, are, they just sign with them, and then they're still eligible for for the draft, or or does that team like how how does that work? Does that do they go into the draft the next year? And uh, I'll hang up and listen if, if you got the question. Thank you, Jimmy. Sure. Thanks, Jimmy. So, uh, great question. So, here, here's how the G League works. So, essentially, a lot of times what you will have is the, the NBA draft consists of two rounds. This is not very many, so so round about 60 players, okay? So, a lot of the NBA rosters throughout all the teams don't consist necessarily of draft picks coming in the NBA draft. So, they have either signed as a free agent or Signed a two-way contract or a one-way contract, and they end up in playing for a G League. Okay, and so I believe the average pay for a G League somewhere is about forty-five thousand dollars. And so essentially, what they're doing is playing games that would be above the college level, but not quite where the NBA level is. And they're playing, and they're trying to play their way on a roster. Okay, and so a lot of these players can be called up from the G League to one of the regular NBA teams at any point in time. As we saw, I think, with uh, Daryl Macon, got called up for a, a, a 10-day deal, and even Joe Johnson that had been retired got called up for a 10-day deal with the Celtics not too long ago. So the G League is just an opportunity for a lot of these young players that are not ready for the NBA right now but show that potential to play, get skill work, develop, be a part of a team, play a ton of games, and then in the future possibly wind up on an NBA team. Someone that's been in the G League a long time would be uh, Dusty Hannis. Dusty Hannis has played in the G League for quite a while and has bounced around from several different teams. So he will come up and play in the summer league for the NBA team. So let's say it's the Golden State Warriors. They'll call a lot of those young guys up, let them play, in Las Vegas, the coaches' front office will take a look. But, guys, there's only so many roster spots that you can have in the NBA because salary cap and all that stuff takes effect. So a large portion of these guys, like Mason Jones and Daniel Gafford, and and all those guys end up usually playing in the G League before they get called up to play on the NBA stage.
3: Hmm. All right. Uh, There was a young man who played for Little Rock Central a couple of years ago. And I forget the name of the program, but I think it paid on an average of $100,000 a year. It was kind of like an academy. I want to say Barty was in Atlanta. And I'm talking about Bryson Warren in particular. Oh, sure.
0: Um,
3: I thought Bryson was one of those red-hot tickets that um, was going to take, I guess, I guess you could use the word, the advantage of this bridge between uh, high school and the NBA and paid more than even the G League. You talked about the $45,000 uh, average salary for the G League. What has happened to Bryson Warren? I mean, I, I can't find him on any mock draft. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're talking this year or, or maybe even projecting into next year.
1: Yep. so he's got – so that's a great so – thing. this is part of the kind of the new age. So Overtime Elite is that's what that league is called. And what that is is almost I'm trying to say it this way. If you didn't want to go to college, but you wanted to meet your quote-unquote requirements where you go to draft, most of the time you had to go overseas. Mm-hmm. So Overtime Elite kind of gives that purpose where they can get their year and be of age to enter the NBA draft. But in Overtime Elite, you don't have to do that. So I think he's making a pretty good amount of money. So his graduation year is 2023. So he technically, unless the the rule is – see, he has to play in Overtime Elite one more year. Then he will be able to enter next year's gotcha. draft. Gotcha. Okay. It, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, so I, that's why I'm not saying
3: any, anywhere, listed yep. anywhere.
1: Yep. Yep. So – Overtime is where Nick Smith had an opportunity, and I think they offered him a pile of money, guys. Mm. I mean, three, four million dollars to go to play overtime versus going to Arkansas. And so that overtime elite's really successful. There's some really good players there, uh, but it's just another path for them to go to.
3: And there are a couple of twins. And there are a couple of twins coming out of overtime elite that uh, are getting ready to make an impact in this upcoming. Oh draft? yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they've got – listen, they've got players, and you see some of them on TV. It's it's big-time basketball. There's no doubt about it. Big-time.
3: I want to address this real quick. Big Keith in the house, he says, hey, guys, can you please explain why there is no radio broadcast of the Razorback softball games? I understand why you don't do the road games, but at home should be broadcast. I mean, they're making the money with TV and the crowds, question mark, I mean, I think it would help us to even be bigger. Rick, do they have a radio network for no. the uh, base, uh, for softball?
2: No. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. It has to be profitable. And Courtney Diefel has done an incredible job with Arkansas softball program. But for them to put a, go on the radio, uh, you have to buy time on a radio station, or the radio station has to pay you because of the advertising they can sell. And softball is not big enough to do that. In fact, women's basketball, as big as it is, now only has one station that carries its games in the entire state. And, and women's basketball it certainly has been bigger than women's uh, softball for years. And so you get it on the Internet. and But it's still got to be profitable. They, you got to figure out a way to... Uh, Make a profit on it, and that's the issue. Uh, for years, Razorback baseball on the radio was a—it was a, you know, 55-45 deal where where the profit wasn't that much, but they got them on the air. And now, of course, it's become much bigger, and and I'm guessing radio-wise is profitable. And, and kind of, uh, you know, Learfield has baseball along with basketball and base and uh, football, but that's the whole thing is it's got to be profitable, and if it's not, you can't afford to go on the air
3: I've not been able to find it but now you've given me the answer that I've been looking for myself Keith that uh, I'd love to listen to some of the broadcast I'm I'm thankful that uh, the SEC Network Plus uh, carries the games Mm -hmm. and so uh, may not be able to hear it by radio but I've been able to watch it by way of television and that game tonight, though, on the other hand...
2: Is on SEC Network. Is on the regular SEC yeah, right Network. right now it's South Carolina and Georgia. They're 1-1 mm-hmm. in the fifth. Arkansas's game with Alabama follows. But here's the thing with the SEC Network. Here's why they can do all sports. Gymnastics, mm-hmm. uh, softball, track. They can do it because it's all part of a huge package. And if you're an <laughs> advertiser on the SEC Network... I'm guessing you, you could you could probably say, "Hey, we love softball. We want to do this, but a lot of their advertisers sign up for all sports. So in order to to get football and get basketball, there're also there's probably a package where you're included with other sports as well. And
3: the SCC, uh, when the SEC network became a reality, every campus had to have their own broadcast right. facilities.
2: Right, and that's where. So there's not there's no production cost. No, for the SEC network they're using. Uh, now, if it's an SEC network, not plus, then their announcers. That's that's their cost. Correct.
3: Well, Bart, welcome back. I'm glad we wore you out tonight. Sleep Thank good you. tonight. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bart. Martin Reed, pure sweat, basketball skills, for Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, Buzz Animal Cruelty, spaying new to your pet. Have a great rest of the night. So long, everybody.